Former India batsman and captain Rahul Dravid will be talking about his methods to prepare for a test series, the adjustments he made to his technique based on the opposition and the conditions he faced, captaincy, his decision to retire from the game, and his new role as a commentator. Welcome to the show, Rahul. Uh, thanks, Abhash. Thanks. Pleasure to be on the show. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Let's, let's begin with how you prepare going into a test series. What are the things that uh, you paid attention to in terms of the conditions and the opposition? Specifically, you know, it's a bouncy surface or a turning surface, whether you're facing bowlers like Murli or Stain. Uh, what are the key things that you did that you wanted to see in place so that uh, you, know, you believe that you're in the right mental and physical space heading into the series? Uh- so much, I mean, it, it just sort of depended on, on what, uh, where you were going and where you were playing and also just on the time available. I think, uh, you know, I, I found later on, especially when it was a period when I was playing, uh, when there's a lot of cricket being played, one-day cricket and, and test cricket, you sort of moved from series to series and you didn't have uh, a lot of time in between necessarily to prepare uh, so much for a particular series. So the time when you went to that particular country, whether it was Australia, South Africa or you know, Sri Lanka, uh, the first, the week or the 10 days that you had there was absolutely critical and getting the quality of nets uh, that you wanted uh, and getting the level of preparation that you needed. Um, from my point of view, obviously, especially early on in my career, um, especially when I was going to sort of places which conditions which I wasn't necessarily so used to, um, I would try and, you know, replicate it in some ways if possible. It's never easy and it's hard to replicate conditions of Australia and India, however much you try. Mm-hmm. But, you know, things like playing with a hard plastic ball or, you know, wet tennis ball, uh, you know, practicing that. Uh, I used to do a little bit of that. But also just in terms of um, uh, maybe sometimes, you know, trying to recreate conditions, asking maybe the groundsman to leave a little bit of grass in the wicket um, when you practice in the nets. Uh, maybe asking bowlers to bowl from, you know, 18 yards or 20 yards, you know, sort of little ahead of the, uh, at the crease, uh, just for you to get used to the pace. So things like that, maybe a little bit more early on in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but as time went on later on, then I think, you know, you get used to the things, you adjust, you, um, you know, different, maybe different bowlers you might think about if you're, at different angles, if, if you're going to play a few left-arm fast bowlers, then maybe you ask for a few left-arm fast bowlers in the nets. But it's it's never the same. I mean, so much. Mm-hmm. And, like if you're going out to play Murli, then I don't think you can find somebody <laughs> who's going to spin the ball as Murli, however much you might try, you know. Uh, or, or uh, you know, for example, if you were to go out and play, uh, you know, Avazi Makram, that kind of quality is very difficult to find in domestic cricket, so much ever you try. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we used to make the efforts, but I think the most important thing also was, over time was uh, was when you went to that particular country, getting this used to the surfaces, um, just getting you know yourself in that right sort of physical uh, physical fitness part of it was quite important to me. I like to be in. I, I felt I played my best cricket when I was at a certain 
um, level of physical fitness, mm-hmm. um, which in time over, which in time I obviously worked out what sort of seemed to work best for me, and I always tried to ensure that I was in and around those kind of you know numbers or targets that I set myself. Uh, but other than that, I mean, Subhash, not too much. I think maybe early on I did a bit more. As time went on, I think as career, as you keep playing and you sort of going from one place to other, it's almost as important to recharge and get give your body rest as it is to keep practicing and preparing. So, you know, I, I guess it was a combination of a few things. Uh, fair enough. Uh, but uh, were there any specific adjustments you would make as you, you know, get going in a series? You know, perhaps um, there are things that uh, you would like to do, but you aren't doing, but then so you adjust. I mean, minor technical adjustments you might make. I mean, through the course of your career, you might make minor technical adjustments. Uh, maybe in England, stand a little bit outside the crease if you felt it was swinging more. Um, I, I just think short selection is an important thing. I think you recognize that there were certain kinds of shots that you had to play in Australia. Uh, you had to have a strong back foot game in Australia, and you're going to need to cut and pull if you wanted to score runs there. In England, you need to you knew, know you needed to get a good stride forward because if it swung, then you know you needed to counter that. Uh, but uh, so I just think more it was about like like I you know you know conditions. I mean you know in England that look if, you know you by chance were to bat on the first morning of a test match where it is swinging and seeming and, you know, that you have to get through that period and there are certain shots that you can't play during that period, which you might be able to play later on when the ball gets softer and, and, and a little older and, and maybe, you know, the sun comes out after lunch or tea. So I think that that was important to get that mentally right in your head that certain when you're moving, especially from country to country, that uh, the kind of shots that you can play or you need to play uh, might be different from place to place. And that was a sort of mental adjustment more than anything and working on that in the net. So when you went to that country and when you practiced, then you sort of worked on that. So I guess when I was in England, I always, in the net, one of my focuses was to get fully forward. In Australia, maybe it was to ensure that I, you know, played a few of the shots square or the wicket. So um, it was just different kind of shots, I think, that you have to play. I mean, when you play in India, on slow and learning, learning wickets, you obviously know you're going to play spinners. So what are your shots and scoring options against spinners? And, and each one, I guess, is different in that point of view. Mm-hmm. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. So what works for you and what you think are your strengths and how you want to keep building on those and, and maybe if there are areas you feel that you can improve on or shots that you might need, then you might work on that so uh, specific things. Um, so, yeah, so I think each country was unique in that sense. Okay. Let's say you get started in an inning. What are uh, some of the indicators for you personally that, uh, you know, told you that, you know, you're batting well, uh, your feet are, uh, you know, you're seeing the ball well, et cetera, et cetera. Or for that matter, as a listener, uh, Mahesh points out, you know, during the 2001 test against Australia and uh, Wankhede, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he noticed that uh, you admonished yourself after uh, – uh, playing a cover drive of Magra, which went for a four, by the way. So, you know, things that give you the confidence that you're doing some things and in terms of establishing your own zone, etc. Oh, God, I, I can't particularly remember that shot. That thing <laughs> in 2001, it's a long time ago. But, um, I mean, I guess sometimes you can hit fours, which I guess you would be, I think would be, you know, uh, you might get the required result, but the execution of, or you know, you might not necessarily be to the pitch of the ball, or you might have just, you know, played a shot and it, it goes for four. So uh, necessarily every four is not a good shot. I mean, it's good <laughs> from the point of view of the scorebook, no doubt about it. <laughs> but uh, and it always helps. And I used to always say that um, the nice edge to third man all along the ground is actually a very uh, is a very satisfying shot as well because <laughs> it's frustrating <laughs> for a bowler and that helps. But um, 
I mean, indicators for me uh, really was, uh, I guess, feet. I mean, if I felt if my if I went fully, if I judged length well, if I went fully forward and the ball was pitched up and I went back when it was short, I felt I was, you know, as long as I didn't get caught in the crease, I, I, I thought I was generally playing quite well. You know, that was a, generally a good indicator for me, you know. Uh, that if I didn't get caught in the crease. I mean, you mentioned this ab- uh, thing about you know the prof- life of a professional cricketer, where you go from series to series, match to match, city to city, etc. How is it that you mentally switch off after a test? This comes from uh, listener Venkateshwaran. Um, you know, how do you yeah. switch off? You know, when it, there is like t- two tests within three days. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when there's two, t- like, I mean, you've got to find that. You, you, each one has to find his own way of uh, of switching off, and I think that's quite really important. That's almost as important as your preparation for the game and the practices you're putting in, is being able to switch off and not being mentally exhausted when the next test comes along. And when and sometimes when there are quick turnaround times, it's actually even more important because there's not much you can suddenly learn technically within one or two practice sessions, mm-hmm. but it's just a question of getting mentally right. And and for me, it was different things. You know, I. Personally, I like I like to go out and I like to explore things and you know meet different people in the evening. Try to just take my mind away from cricket. I like to read, so I so I read different books, you know, books of other sports, uh, so that I wasn't uh, constantly thinking about cricket. Uh, so yeah, so I think and in, in, in time you develop, I guess, a routine and a methodology that works for you. But that is an important point. That's a very important thing that if you want to obviously succeed at the international level with such so many tours and such quick turnaround times that. You know, it's almost as important to have that uh, off time and that balance. Yes. For that off time and that balance, um, you need to find that you know what works. You recharges you uh, emotionally because that sometimes is more is the difference between success and failure. Not necessarily technical stuff and you know uh, extra nets, which at that stage you know it's like uh, you know it's like studying for an exam. I mean, you know, you can't you can't mug up. Uh, you know what you know the day before the exam and you can't in the morning of the exam you can't mug you know you can't just suddenly go there and think you'll learn stuff so I guess you're better off staying relaxed and at least executing what you do know well and you know uh, mm-hmm. rather than cramming in the last minute so I think just finding that balance was important we talked about uh, preparations sometimes despite your best preparations when you're faced with the situations and the bowlers uh, and the conditions, it's pretty hard to score the runs. You know, off the top of your head, can you think of instances where, you know, it was bloody hard, but but you got through that tough phase? And, uh, you know, can you provide any instance of a specific scenario and, uh, you know, talk a bit about uh, what is it that you did to get through? Yeah, I mean, I guess at least... At least. <laughs> Everything seemed a tough one, you know, <laughs> when you think back on it. But, um, but no, I, I think when you look back on like Perth, when I got 90 at Perth and helped, you know, in 2000, and I think it was the 2009 series, mm-hmm. uh, 2008, uh, no, 2000, when did we go to Yeah, 2008, yeah, 2007-8. So, so 2007 and I got a 90 at Perth and I sort of really struggled for any form or this thing through that series and just fought my way through. Uh, I, I guess that's also an experience thing. After some time, you don't um, particularly start worrying about how you look, but you just try and be effective. 
And I think you learn that you can't always, you know, go out there and, and some days will be a lot better than most. But I think, you know, grinding out ugly runs and being able to fight your way through difficult periods um, sometimes that's important to the team. Uh, and the team needs those runs of yours. So you've got to have that, you know, I guess, patience to, you know, fight that too. I mean, that was the way I played. I mean, a lot of people hit their way out of trouble. Mm-hmm. That's their personality and that's their style. And, and that works for them. I mean, you know, but my way was to fight my way out of it, which at times looked really ugly and, and you know, terrible. And especially if it didn't end up in a, in a big score, mm-hmm. um, it looked, you uh, know, it looked like I was sort of, it, it, it sort of looked like I was, you know, struggling a lot and I wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, getting the results that I needed. But when I got through the, then there are like innings and I talk about 93 and there are many hundreds that I've got that later on, I, you know, I struggled initially, but I was able to later on get through that difficult period and actually the, the uh, rhythm and the timing and my speed started moving a lot better after 35, 40, 50 runs and went on to make a big score that helped the team. So, each one was different, and my style was a little bit to to sort of fight it out a little bit, and then you know get through that period. And I think you know that whole Australian, so I got a fifty even in Sydney. I think you mm-hmm. know uh, I, I was struggling at one end, and Lakshman came in and just creamed it, and got a hundred in no time. And you know, and sort of you think, oh my God, you know what am I doing here? But but I guess that was my you know that was the way I had to play, and it worked a lot of times. Sometimes it didn't didn't work, and you know, that's the way it is. Let's talk about your uh, decision to retire. You know, you were the leading scorer for India in England in 2011. Yeah. Then you scored a 100 at home against West Indies. But then you decided to hang it up after the Australia series. They yeah. say great batsman for great batsman, the eye goes first. Number one, I want to know what does that really mean? And was there any of it uh, playing a role in your decision? I mean, I, look, I've heard that as well. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I got my eyesight. I mean, I, I guess we have various tests and you check your eyesight and I don't necessarily think it does. The way you, uh, the, the way medically your eyesight doesn't necessarily suddenly go in two or three months or and suddenly at 39, it's, you know, it's, it's hard. It's still, I mean, I still don't need glasses and it's still pretty much 20, 20 vision. So even today, so I, I don't know. It's hard to, I, I mean, I know I've, I've read that myself uh, as well, but I mean, my decision to quit wasn't necessarily just based on on one tour. It was just a, I think a, 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 just a realization that I'd been, I'd, I'd had my time in Indian cricket and I'd moved, uh, I'd done what I could to the best of my ability. And it was a time for a new generation, I think, to take over. And just looking at the role as to where you know where Indian cricket was, what was the situation, what my role in it was. You know, at that stage, I didn't really feel uh, it, it served any purpose you know, uh, for me to be, you know, carrying on at that stage, you know, and I felt I'd run my time and it was a great journey and I'd enjoyed it. Um, I mean, look, after England, if I had not done well in England, maybe I might have decided to move on after England because then I felt I wouldn't have. But once I did well in England, I knew that with Australia coming in six months' time, mm-hmm. you know, it would be better for an experience. I mean, it didn't work out in the end and the results didn't show it and we lost, still lost. But mm-hmm. I felt that I was, uh, I was in good enough form and I was playing well enough to be able to go to Australia and as a senior player and try and, you know, um, try and play well for the team. Uh, but once Australia finished so many home series, uh, the couple of, I mean, eight test matches at home, ten test matches, in fact, at home before the next overseas trip, I, I just felt it was, you know, mm-hmm. um, time to move on. A question comes from a listener, Forum Gosrani, and this is regarding mm-hmm. your captaincy 
and as a senior member of the side in 2007 when you guys went to uh, england you didn't have a coach so you were the captain number 3 batsman and you had to care for the entire team as well what was your strategy in handling the team and and you, you go on to win the series yeah man we did have some help i mean i must admit there was um, mr chandu bode mentor as uh, you know like an advisor mentor manager you could call it that uh robin singh and this facade were sort of fielding and bowling coaches at that stage uh, so i did have a decent support staff i mean we still had a little bit of the remnants of the old we had uh, um i think uh, johnny gloster was still our physio and and and, and great king was the trainer so there was a bit of a support staff around it but yeah i mean i i did sort of take a lot more in in managing a lot of the affairs and running the show uh, during that trip and and, and and i guess even a little bit before that but um i mean it's, it's it wasn't very different to to anything else i think as a captain a captain you have a responsibility to run and ensure that uh, you know your team is well prepared and and and, and ready to play the big, you know test match in terms of you know uh, tactics and in terms of ensuring that you get the best 11 on the park um in, in in terms of ensuring that they get the best facilities in terms of practices and working with your support staff to ensure that you know everything is put in place uh, to have a successful tour mm-hmm. um yeah, i thought i thought that sort of worked really well i mean one of the good things for us on that trip was we actually were able to play the same bowling attack for all the three test matches and i think that was a great you know great the fact that australia really helped because the bowling really well sahir arti shrishant and anil you know in the same focus for for all the four test matches and i think that really helped in, in the result that we got um, and we were lucky not to have you know too many injuries on that trip couple more questions then uh, yeah. let's go rahul um, one yeah. comes from meenal okay. it was quite obvious that you had all the strokes in the book and you could take any attack to the cleaners if you chose to mm-hmm. um, but on a regular basis you didn't was that a choice of your own or was it uh, you know in team's interest well i mean uh, i would love to have been able to play a lot more shots and like right rightly there were times when when i did it was not that i went out there to be ultra defensive or um you know uh be defensive all the time mm-hmm. uh, on on certain days when things flowed and my timing was right and and you know i, I would play my shots and it would work uh, there were other days when it didn't work and i had to like as we discussed earlier i had to fight my way through it i had to you know um i, I had to battle a little longer to score the runs um and time also realized what might be the most effective way of me scoring the most runs which might help the team mm-hmm. and i sort of worked out on that formula which well it was a i think this sort of my style suited in some ways my personality also and also suited gave me the best chance to consistently score runs you know if i went out and tried to be too attacking uh, i found that i played uh, you know i i didn't pick choose the right ball to hit for four i or i didn't I, i made mistakes with short selection so i found that playing in this rhythm and this cocoon seemed to help me and i had my own rhythm and my own pace uh, which consistently sort of got me runs at most times um but but no i mean it wasn't a conscious decision i didn't really say no look i'm going to be this with i would love i mean like i said this very often that i would love to be able to hit shots like seva all the time and have that <laughs> you know carefree attitude but it not may not have necessarily suited my personality because if i got out you know sometimes the way he did does i i would you know it take me a long time to recover from it then it would take me to because he can you know just smile it off and he moves on 
it's not inherent in my nature to be able to do that. So then I had to, and each one of us is different. I mean, Gavaskar is not a Sevag and Gavaskar is not a Tendulkar or I'm not a Tendulkar and I'm not a Lakshman. So we're all different and we, you know, I think success at this level is about finding um, what works for you and being able to bring your personality onto the cricket field, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, one question comes from your diehard fan from Cape Town, South Africa, Nicole. Uh, okay. How has your you know, short stint as a commentator so far offered you, you know, any new perspective or changed any of your views on the game? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a short time. I mean, it's, it's been enjoyable. It's been different. I, mean, I must say it's, uh, it's been different. It's, uh, I mean, you do still feel a little bit of butterflies in your stomach even before the commentary and, and before the start of a play, but it's nothing compared to playing. I think the pressure of playing and performing is... is much much more than you know as a as a commentator or as a media person um so so that's been a good thing about <laughs> the easier thing about the commentary it is uh, i guess a lot easier to do but um but it's been fun it gives you i think it gives you a little bit of a different perspective i think sometimes as a player you're seeing things only from your and your team's point of view but sometimes as a commentator where you have to be really neutral and you have to see the game you know as a neutral not necessarily just as an you know mm-hmm. as an indian or an indian supporter or an indian fan you still are but but i think as a commentator you have that responsibility to try to try and be neutral so so i think you sometimes see a much wider and a bigger picture of things uh, that's not only just as a commentator just when you leave the game and the eight months and you just read stuff and you you don't necessarily um get clouded by having to produce constant results so so from that point of view it's uh, it's good actually it gives you a, i think a wider perspective of the game thank you uh, so much for coming thanks on the show rahul it was a fantastic no, thanks a pleasure pleasure thank you thank you thanks so much thank you Couch Talk